Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. That's right. NFL Dream Preview Super Bowl 54 edition. The update before Steve Fezzik and myself, Brad Powers, head off to Miami, location of Super Bowl 54, R.J. Bell already in Miami. He'll be back on the podcast next week. But in this podcast, we're going to give you, obviously we've already done two podcasts diving into the Super Bowl already. So with this particular podcast, we'll obviously go over the market update. The bets, Steve Fezzik, nobody better in the world as far as how you should be attacking the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday. I know a lot of you are going to wait. Not necessarily you should all the time, but Steve Fezzik, is going to tell you if you're waiting until Sunday to make some bets, what are the bets to make? Uh, Fezzik has a very controversial take as far as what to do with the total in the Super Bowl. That's coming your way. We'll update Tevin Coleman. He's a San Francisco running back. We'll break down some other things. We'll talk quarters. And then also, best bets at the end. I have one. Dave Essler has one. The Hitman, Tommy the Hitman, also has one. And then we'll close it up with the star of this podcast, that none other being Steve Fezzik with a best bet at the very end. Before we get into it, though, got to hear from my main man. Showtime! Woo! All right, Fez. We're taping this on Tuesday afternoon prior to the Straight Out of Vegas show. It's approximately 1.20 p.m. Pacific time on Tuesday What's the market saying right now? Market is where it's been the past week. Kansas City remains a one-point favorite. The total has ticked up to 54.5. There is a little um, bias towards the Chiefs at the sharpest books. So the sharpest books tend to be dealing a little extra vigorous on the Chiefs, where it's not unusual. If you want to lay minus one, you got to lay minus $1.15 or a little extra vig. And in particular, at Pinnacle, the sharpest books of them all, you've got to lay minus one thirteen on Kansas City if you lay one minus 13. But if you want to bet San Francisco, you can bet plus one, plus 102. So think about this. Pinnacle takes huge bets. And they're letting you bet San Francisco not only plus one, but you get the VIG. You get plus 102. That's pretty much an indictment of any San Francisco plus one lay a dollar 10 bet you would even consider making. Let me ask you this. I don't want to age you too much here, Fez, because I think RJ does enough of that. Uh, how long have you been betting the Super Bowl? What... what? What is this now, as far as you professionally betting the Super Bowl? 20 years? Yeah, professionally, it's been 20 years. No, 25, 25. 25 years. Has this, because we've been sitting on basically the outside the total, maybe creeping, ticking up a half point. We've been sitting on basically this pretty much the same number for uh, over a week now. Is this the least amount of movement you've seen in a market on a Super Bowl? You know, I do recall that the Tennessee Rams Super Bowl opened seven and it never budged the entire time. So we went two weeks with it just being on seven. So that one, that one actually, not only did it open seven, but it stayed seven. So in this case, we did have a movement on the total where the total did bounce up from 52 to 54 and a half. But in terms of the side, 
it really has been the same as that Tennessee Rams Super Bowl. No movement at all. Let me ask you this before we get to the next topic. Since you're very good at projecting what's going to happen in the future, I know you and RJ have a bet on this. Where do you expect the line to move moving forward? I think by Friday we're going to be looking at Kansas City laying one and a half. I think the money will come in on the Chiefs. However, come Sunday morning, the day of the game, I really think that the very biggest bettors and the syndicates are looking to pass or to play San Francisco. And the old adage, back the better defense in the Super Bowl, back the better line play. And so with some very, very, very big bets potentially coming in on San Francisco, I expect that that Chiefs momentum will end on Sunday and you'll see big bets on San Francisco pushing the line back down. What about the total? The total's very interesting. I will make a projection that Vegas closes higher than the current number and offshores close mm. lower. In fact, I'm going to project a one and a half point difference. I've been seeing this one pho- and a half. Really? I've been seeing this phenomenon on Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl that whatever the offshores deal, Vegas still deals a point to a point and a half higher. So 55 in Vegas and a little drop down to 53 and a half to 54 offshore. All right. That, that sounds about right because I'm looking. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about this later because I kind of want to get your feel since it's been a week or so. And sometimes you get a feel for, for sometimes you have early impressions on who you think is the right side. But, I mean, since there's so much time in between and it's just one game, you, sometimes you change your mind. I'm going to get your feel on that later. All right. You spoke about the big money coming in from the syndicates on Sunday and that money showing up. What should – you know, the guys listening to this podcast, what should they be looking to bet on Super Bowl Sunday? Well, typically you want to fade moves that are illogical or being bet by the public. And so because of that, some props certainly stand out. Things like Mahomes, everyone, the uh, the, the dentist from Philadelphia that's out for the Super Bowl is going to bet Mahomes to go over no matter what his yardage is. So you, yep. with the public all betting over you're going to see inflated numbers, especially in Vegas. So you would look to play Mahomes under for his pass yards. And I would say that, you know, that's pretty much true of any public player. So for San Francisco, that's the running back Mostert. You probably want to play him under whatever you can get right before the game kicks off, or you'll probably be able to get outstanding value. The, um, the team totals for both teams typically get inflated, so look to play them under, not just the team totals, the first-half team totals, the second-half team totals, live wagering the total on the game. Typically, the books deal higher because the public's still betting over. So um, with all of the key players, you know, the Kelseys, the Kittles, um, the Tyreek Hills, the pressure is going to be on for for the sports books they're taking lots of public bets over on all these players so it is rarely wrong to look to play against the public and play each and every one of those players under especially at rogue numbers at select books because we're talking about the screen and everyone has Kansas City minus 1 with a couple of minus 1 halves but you're going to see differentiations on Sunday on these on these player totals that are going to be crazy where I it would not be unusual that you would see a Kelsey 79 at one book and 73 at another book and what about like a Mahomes? You can sometimes, even on a quarterback passing yards, 10, 15 yards, right? Oh, we might see Mahomes 318 at one book and 301 at another book. Mm. Ab- absolutely huge disparity. And because of that opportunity for the person who shops, and remember, even the average pro, 
he doesn't want to be working, you know, on Super Bowl Sunday. He wants to watch the game yeah. and drink a beer with his buddies and the like. So even a lot of the pros are lazy, and then they stop like <laughs> an hour or two before the game. They go to Super Bowl party, and like the hardcore pros, that's me, will you know, go ahead and recognize <laughs> the best value oftentimes is five, ten minutes before the game starts. Fezzik, a real pro and a real man. I represent what a real man is. Yeah, and a real sports better. I like that. I've tried to have people over, you know, and have a festive environment for the Super Bowl, and it just doesn't work. It's like it costs me thousands of dollars, typically, you know, just to like the wife's <laughs> like, oh, you got to go out and get the bean dip. And it's like you just don't understand how valuable those 45 minutes are before the game kicks off. I'm a winner, not a loser. There you go. Steve Fezzik, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. Just so we're clear, you did say a lot of pros are lazy. Is that correct? All right. Oh, yes. I like it. Let's talk. Now, this is controversial. I'm sure we'll get some feedback on this. We're talking the total here. You think you shouldn't, shouldn't be betting total the total game under the total, even though you think the money is going to come in on the under in faraway places on Sunday. Tell me why that is. Be- because it is rarely the case that you're going to get your best value playing the game total. Because we just spoke about all these things we're looking about on Sunday. And notice how every almost every one of them, I finished the sentence with under. Yeah, We're looking to play Mahomes under. We're looking to play Tyreek Hill under. Kelsey under. Um, so if I'm looking to play all the players under, and I'm looking to play all the team totals under, and I'm looking to play the first half team totals and the second half team totals under, and the game under live... Obviously, I don't want to shoot my wad and like have 100 units on under by betting the game to go under on top of it. So if anything, I'd like to have a little surplus of over before the, right before the game's about to start because I'm going to be popping all these unders like crazy. And if it is a shootout, I'm going to get annihilated. Mm. So I don't need to play a, a marginal 53% bet on the under for the game when the truth is I'm going to get really, really good value, better value playing all these other selective bets to go under and have a more diversified portfolio. You bring up a good point, and I want you to, to clarify this because not everybody can have 40 or 50 prop bets in their portfolio. They just don't have the bankroll for it. Say you bet, you know, you take a position on the over or the under, and, and you fire in a bunch of these bets, but, you know, you're just it's just wrong. And There's an outlier type of super. You're firing in the unders, and you get something like the New England-Philadelphia game from a couple of years ago. What should people do, be doing to protect themselves from something like that where you know one losing bet can turn into four or five losing bets? Well, I think certainly in live wagering, if you have access to the sharp books as well as the square books, and I know that this is difficult, but if you're seeing teams moving the ball well, then you can look to actively be playing over as the game is occurring. Okay. And you'll rarely get hurt that bad. Now, that's obviously it's not going to help you if, if – um, you have a situation where you have an, a 20-yard a, a pick six to start the game and the like, and boom, there's an extra seven points on the board. But even my experience has been, even if you play all these individuals to go under, even in a shootout, a 41-33 type game, yeah, you might lose. You might go like five and eight on your on your player unders, but it's rare that you bagel and get crushed. Okay. Where, you, where you can get crushed, obviously, is if you play things that are so correlated where you're just playing game under, team totals under, then that's a case where you absolutely can lose each and every one of those bets. That's Steve Fezzik. I'm Brad Powers. NFL Super Bowl Dream Preview Edition here. Before we head off to Miami, and before we talk Tevin Coleman here, 
Let's talk about you and I heading on a very long airplane ride here tonight on Tuesday night. What are like? What should I prepare myself for? Because I got to sit next to you for four or five hours here on a on a red eye. Well, I snore. Oh, geez. So that that could be a problem. But the good news is that do you it, sleep on planes? Oh yes. Oh wow, I can't sleep. But I'll have my pa- I'll take my packets of um, like the South Point, the Westgate, and the like, and I'll really go through all the props that I haven't looked at. So you're gonna be on one of those riding. guys with the light on. You're the only guy with the light on. Oh, absolutely. Yes. All right. That's the, you that's, almost feel like a vampire that stayed out too late, and that your your world is different than so many others. How about you? You're gonna be you're gonna be prepping for the Super Bowl. You're gonna be working on college basketball uh, or reading for self improvement. A little bit of both as far as the NFL. College basketball, I've been running poor, so I, I need some work done there. And, and, and we'll see. I don't know. It's a late one. That's what it's our the time we take off. That's already past my bedtime. Let's just put it mm. that way. All right. Dream preview. Let's move along. Let's talk a player that's going to really impact some 49er player props. That being the 49ers running back, Tevin Coleman, injured his shoulder in the NFC Championship game a couple weeks ago. However, you've been reading the injury reports here coming out of early Super Bowl week. Looks like there's some optimism surrounding it. How should we uh, be attacking it, Fez? Yeah, so... I think that, in fact, Coleman's off the board at some books in terms oh. of, of, of putting whether books want to put him up yeah. or not. But if he plays and his health looks good, that's obviously going to impact Mostert and it's going to impact Brita in terms of the other two backs in terms of their usage. And if he doesn't play, that would be ideal because I really think like Brita's sitting at like three and a half, four expected carries. And if he if Coleman doesn't play, Breida's going to go over. I mean, they, they can't just hand it to Mustard the the entire game, despite him getting 200 yards in the NFC Championship game. So that's the sort of example where the third string running back suddenly becomes the second string running back, and the fact that Breida's already on the board in most places, stuff like that is just insane value. Um, if there's an unexpected scratch on a player, but because Coleman's only lined at like 23 and a half yards, it's like, ah, he's not a big, he's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, he's, he's certainly significant in terms of Mostert's usage, but he's, um, he's the, the difference between Brady getting seven carries and getting three carries is whether Coleman's going to play. How have you attacked any of this yet? No, because I don't know yeah. what Coleman's usage is. I've got it. I've that's an example. I've got a bet on game. Day. Let me, well, game day, what say news breaks, you know, Thursday, Friday that, I mean, he's going to play. How long do we have to attack that? I mean, are, are the pros like, is it like a game line that, that they're going to attack it immediately? Or do we have a little bit of a, you know, three, four hour window there? I think we got a long window because the public just saw Mostert just go crazy. And I think that we're not going to see his number crash because Coleman's going to get a couple more carries. But it should go down, but it won't. I think you'll have lots of time to be able to still play him under. Talking about player props. Talk to me about player versus player props here in the Super Bowl Fest. Yeah, so oftentimes some of the outstanding value you can get is when the books put up a player versus player prop. Example, Mahomes rush yards versus Jimmy G rush yards. And then they and they align Mahomes minus 23 and a half, for instance. Yeah. Based upon the opening numbers. And then Jimmy G's rush yards over under stays at three and a half. And Mahomes rush yards number goes from 28 and a half up to 35. So you can see, wow, I don't really want to play as much on over 35 even if I liked it. But if I can go back and grab the derivative 
and lay the minus 23.5 on the player prop matchup. There's great value there. So whenever you see a player really move for whatever reason and you're too late to the party to really back that with any substantial wager, oftentimes finding the derivative bet on the player matchup is a way to get at it. Now, 90% of the books are going to have a Mahomes rush yardage total. How many? Per, what percent of the books are going to have like a matchup Mahomes versus Jimmy G? Oh, much, much less. I would say maybe 10% of them. All right. That's Steve Fezzik. Talking Super Bowl props here. You know, we didn't get – we talked question marks on the, a couple of the, the last uh, dream previews, previewing the Super Bowl, one being Jimmy G. I think we've hit that one home. Another major question mark for this one and how the game is going to go has to be Kansas City's rush defense. Their ability or inability to be able to stop the San Francisco rush offense. Where are you falling at on this one, Fez? I'm cautiously optimistic, actually. Why so? I went back to Kansas City. We know Kansas City's defense has been improving. So I said, let me go back since the bye week. How did Kansas City's rush defense do? Because we know it was poor over the course of the season. How poor ranked 29th in uh, DVOA, uh, giving up 4.9 yards per rush for the season. Well, the last five weeks, they're giving up 4.3 yards per rush. So that's actually above the NFL average. It's an above average defense. Now, they did have a strength of schedule that wasn't that tough. So we have, okay. to, so we have to go ahead and... Um, normalize that a little bit. But certainly very encouraging that instead of 4.9, they're only giving up 4.3. And then in the playoffs against Houston, gave up 4.5 yards per rush. So because of that, I, I don't know if I'd change my opinion based upon that, but I certainly will change my opinion based upon the 3.7 they gave up against the Tennessee Titans because this is a Titans team. Remember, Derrick Henry ran for more than 5 yards per rush. And Derrick Henry totally destroyed the three teams he played before he went ahead and played against Kansas City. Now, was it the Kansas City rush defense, or was it Derrick Henry being tired, Fest? Now, I get it. The fatigue on Derrick Henry was a factor, but the mere fact that despite Derrick Henry having a really nice first quarter, I really like the fact Derrick Henry did not have one rush of more than 13 yards against Kansas City. So he, they were unable to spring him for any substantial uh, rushes. And I do think, obviously, that Derrick Henry was not at completely 100%. But the bottom line is, we talked about running backs with really large usages. Typically, their production drops by half a yard per carry. McKenzie did some really nice research on that. And here we've got um, Henry that dropped year-to-date 5.1, and he dropped down to 3.7. So he dropped much more than we had projected, even based upon that increased usage of the 30-plus yardage the three games before that. McKenzie, you might be the, the best for this. Do we know how Kansas City does against rush, uh, the, the, the zone uh, rushing schemes? I know San Francisco is prevalent. I know Tennessee also runs that after Matt LaFleur installed it last year, and they did pretty well. But All right. that also goes Good with point. Henry fatigue. That is McKenzie Rivers. You can follow him on Twitter. We haven't thrown this out. At Mac and Rivers, right? M-A-C-K-E-N, Rivers. On an NFL Dream preview, I, I must have died and gone to heaven. All that's, right. my, that's my Twitter handle. Thank you, bro. That's Mackenzie Rivers, Steve Fezzik in the house. You can follow Fez on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports, F-E-Z-Z-I-K Sports. I'm merely Brad Powers. I'm not going to throw out my Twitter. I'm not going to put a shameless plug for myself. Maybe later. Anything else on the Kansas City Rush defense, Fez? Oh, I think people want your Twitter. Give your Twitter. No, they don't. At Brad Power 7 right? Ugh, Fez, come on. I'm not about that. Anything else on the Kansas City rush defense here? That's it. All right. 
I'm trying to think, man. This is blowing by. We're oh, you 40 know minutes Chris, in. Chris, Chris Jones, much healthier probably. That's going to happen. That is a good point there. And we saw him. He had an impact in the Tennessee game. Missed the Houston game. Wasn't healthy down the stretch. I think that's an excellent point that I haven't heard from, from too many people so far uh, breaking down the game. We haven't had a lot of breakdown because I'll just throw this out here. A lot of you listening this week. Obviously, the, the tragic news of Kobe Bryant's death on Sunday has you know, and rightfully so, tampered a lot of the Super Bowl preview uh, talk and that. So, uh, why are we already the best bets here? What I, else? Do you want to talk about some quarters? Well, yeah, that's part of my best bet. Before so, we get to your best bet, I think we should talk a right. little bit of um, who do we think is going to take the lead in this game? Who do you? Who, all right. Who do well, we favor? Part of my best bet. So. McKenzie broke this down well because this was part of my best bet, and kudos uh, for him for, for taking it a step further. But I started noticing, and, and I want you to explain how much the half point's worth in the first quarter because that kind of drilled it home for me. So obviously these are pretty much available at least 90% of the books, if not more, as far as first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter type of, uh, of bets here and who you're taking. And, and the disparities are quite stark here. So first quarter... And I, I don't think anyone would be surprised because they just got done seeing the Chiefs get off the slow starts the last two games. But for the full season, Chiefs outscored in the first quarter by nearly one point per game. 49ers well above average. In fact, they're number four in the NFL with a 2.6 points per game margin first quarter. Second quarter, Chiefs best team in football. This is remarkable. Outscoring their opponents by nearly eight points per game in that quarter. 49ers well above average as well in the second quarter, plus 4.7. Third quarter, eh, both teams are about the same there. And then fourth quarter, again, the Chiefs out to a big lead after the second and third quarter. Uh, they get outscored in the fourth quarter. The 49ers still a plus quarter, a differential for them, plus 1.6. So a lot more stability as far as the quarter by scoring, uh, quarter by quarter scoring for the 49ers. Very much more variance with the Chiefs getting actually outscored first and fourth quarters uh, and second quarter being the best team in football. Fez, how are we attacking this, if at all? Well, one thing I want to say is I don't necessarily believe the data on fourth quarters. Okay. And, and the reason being two specific games, if you watched Kansas City lose to Indianapolis and lose to Houston, both games at home, Mahomes was playing and Mahomes had gotten his ankle stomped on in both games and he was just just not him himself at all. And so Kansas City got outscored in both of those fourth quarters, I think by a touchdown each. So that's skewing the the numbers and the three games with Matt Moore as well. So that's why Kansas City's negative in the fourth Wait, quarter. Hold up. McKenzie's already beat you the punch. Without Mahomes, three games, they got outscored by one point seven in the fourth quarter. With Mahomes, fifteen games fourth quarter, got outscored by a little less than 0.2 points per game. All right, so take the 14 points um, that they got outscored in the Houston and Indy games out, and they've outscored their opponents, but not maybe by as much as we would expect, but by a point. So that's that's why they're showing up as as being so poor. But I cannot explain the first quarter Kansas City getting outscored. That absolutely shocks me. It does. And, I mean, you could say, oh, I'm concerned about Andy Reid with time, but he had time to prepare for Houston, and that was 24 nothing out of the gate, <laughs> the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't explain it. Now, we got a really short line for the full game here. So a lot of people are seeing, like, Chiefs 
you know, minus minus a half in a lot of these. Or some books are, you know, even with the, you know, the Chiefs heavily juiced it as far as the quarter by quarter. That's unique to, to a certain extent there. Is there anything, like, does one quarter mean more as far as the half point over the others? And, and tell me why. Yeah, the first quarter is the most valuable. So a okay. half point is worth 70 cents in the first quarter. Why is the first quarter worth that, that half point worth so much more? Well, the scoring's lower yep. typically in the first quarter. You don't have two-point conversions typically in the first quarter. So teams tie way more in the first quarter than any other quarter. Um, and because of that, getting that hook, getting that extra half point is critical in terms of if you're going to bet the first quarter. Get the hook and the plus one half. And that leads me to my best bet uh, here on the Dream Preview. I'm going to go with the 49ers getting that critical half a point. This uh, I did see was available at Westgate, the most popular prop betting uh, shop here in Vegas when it comes to Super Bowl props, plus a half point. So San Francisco, this is first quarter, plus a half point. You're going to have to pay the juice, though, minus 155. But Fez just got done telling you, that the first quarter's worth 70 cents. Now, obviously, I do think overall the Chiefs are a little bit better than the team, but I actually think the one, one and a half sounds about right as far as a pure power rating. What is your power rating on this one? Two and a half. Two and a half. So, what? all right, if all things are equal, what would you set the first quarter line at? Uh, Not knowing the, sco- the scoring differentials here. So, Kansas, I wouldn't go off the pick, and I would make Kansas City minus a dollar twenty. Five. All right, so that even you're higher than the market than the game spread, but you wouldn't even go off a pick. We're coming off a pick here, taking San Francisco plus the half, lay minus 155, and then on top of that, when you got the full scoring um, margins to look at here in the first quarter, 49ers top five in the NFL as far uh, as far as first quarter scoring differential, the Chiefs below average. You add those two together, and the 70 cents of value on the half point in the first quarter. You got my best bet, San Francisco plus a half. What do you think of this one, Fez? I like this a lot. And I like- Hasn't moved. So I was looking at it. I mean, because to me, if it's a really good bet, it's going to move. I mean, these props opened up on Thursday. Tell me about that. L- let me ask you about that, Fez. Do, do you ever get concerned that, that, you know, we're sitting here on Tuesday. It's been three, four days, and you, you find a prop because there's 600 or whatever, and you really like it. You can come up with a good you know, a, you know, a handicap on it, but it hasn't moved. Does that ever, you know, cause for some caution for you? Oh, big time if it's a obscure prop. But if it's a prop on a quarter like this, yeah. I know that the marketplace, bottom line, is going to say, hey, Kansas City is a minus 120 for the game, yep. and therefore the pros are going to say they um, you know, they should be the favorite in the first okay. quarter, and they're not going to – you know, move much from what the chart tells them they should be as the first quarter favorite, despite what the year-to-date numbers in the quarters are. Mackenzie, I did I did some more digging into that zone blocking, and against uh, the four teams that they've played that I know have zone blocking, the Jaguars, Packers, Titans twice, um, and those four games are averaging four five point six yards allowed versus the season four point eight. So, I really like your first quarter bet. I think the Forty ers established the run. All right. Before, before we get to yeah, other best bets, we didn't discuss one thing that I think, and you did some really good research yeah. on this, Brad, in terms of you think that this is a game that if we're betting live, we can go ahead and be a little contrarian and whatever team gets up big, maybe bet on the other side, correct? Yeah, so I just saw this stat. We'll give uh, ESPN Stats and Info credit for this one, who had this one. 
this remarkable. So I know, I think it was the Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl were in-game live betting, at least the team. Everyone was betting the Patriots when they're down 28-3. to The in-game live betting really came of age during that Super Bowl. Here's a, another maybe opportunity because we've seen the Chiefs rally already. But also Jimmy G's pulled off a couple of rallies. So Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy G this year, when they are trailing their teams by at least 10 points, their combined record, Mahomes and Garoppolo, 7-1. and one. <laughs> After their teams at some point in the game trailing by at least 10 points. The rest of the NFL, 29 winners, 208 losers, and a tie. Right around 12% when they're trailing by at least 10 points. Mahomes and Garoppolo, 7-1. and one. Everybody else, 12%. Opportunity, maybe. What do you think, Fez? Certainly speaks to the character of both the teams and their ability to come back. And because of that, I think that absolutely you don't want to go against that, um, that fact. And so if it looks like it's going to be a blowout, start to look the other way. How much uh, – what's the word? How much can we shop around and get far different lines in-game live betting, even in a game like the Super Bowl? Oh, absolutely. And a lot of it's because you've got some places that never deal in-game mm. all year long. And you get some yahoos out there that are like, oh, you know, I'm going to trust the number I make more than what the the overall market number is. And you've got some books that are like, boy, you know, we're just completely overloaded on this side for whatever reason. I've got to deal a number so I don't get even more Kansas City num- money, by example. Are you willing to share who those yahoo books are? Uh, it that var- don't deal it? You know, it, var- it varies from year to year. But I'll, <laughs> I'll go ahead and give an example that for those in Nevada, uh, clearly— Two books that are going to be completely overloaded are the Pepper Mill and the Atlantis because they're going to get San Francisco, disproportionate San Francisco money, and that's going to skew what they're going to have to deal at post and during live wagering. And that being because those are two Reno books, and that's no a lot of people from NoCal, it's on the border, are going to go there and bet San Francisco. Exactly. You're going right. to see that much more than you'll see at the L.A. crowd coming here. Exactly right. So if I had to predict, where is San Francisco going to close the favorite in Nevada? Well, I'd say probably the little lakeside inn in Lake Tahoe because there's not going to be any pros in Lake Tahoe to bet Kansas City, and all the public at the lakeside is going to go ahead and bet San Francisco. Lake Tahoe and Reno love San Francisco. And if we're talking about San Francisco, I got to put this drop in there. I mean, we're talking Super Bowl 54, and this guy's playing. I love Jimmy G. Fade Jimmy G at Reno. So I should be taking a trip up there on Sunday? You know, the <laughs> the joke. opportunity cost of being on the plane and not being available to bet, you know, is is, is great. But we're going to be doing our own Straight Out of Vegas show, 9 to 10, Sunday morning. So I don't think you're going to have time to get to Reno. Great point. That's Steve Fezzik. So that'll be available. Any FSR, Fox Sports Radio, uh, Sunday. That'll be 9 to 10, our time. Is that correct? Yes. All right. That's Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers, Mackenzie Rivers, Matt Christensen, also in the house here. All right, we just uh, I got done talking about the quarters and how I like San Francisco first quarter. Dave Esler also likes San Francisco early in the game, but he's going first half. Let's give Diamond Dave a listen. All right, guys, Super Bowl. I'm going to give you a bet I really like here. I like the 49ers plus a half a point for the first half. The talk around the 49ers is Garoppolo has to throw the ball, then the 49ers are in trouble. And I guess one can argue that his passer rating does decrease as his attempts increase. But the bottom line is 
San Francisco's 10 and 4 when he has to throw more than 30 times, and that includes 5 and 0 in 2017 when he had a far weaker supporting cast. Chiefs led the league in first half points, but San Francisco's not far behind. They were fourth. What the 49ers are also fourth in is points allowed in the first half. And over the last three games, they've allowed a total of 10 first half points. I do realize the Super Bowl is a different animal, which is one reason why I love this game. Kansas City is more or less one-dimensional on offense. It's something the 49ers can game plan for. San Francisco, though they've been one-dimensional because they could, have far more weapons than a running game, hence harder to prepare for. Since the NFL is all about in-game adjustments, I think the Chiefs, especially defensively, are going to have to make more of them. And to me, the logical conclusion, the 49ers should be ahead at the half. Give me the half point for good measure. All right, Dave Esler with the 49ers first half. Dave winning since Moses was in short pants. Six and one on the college basketball dream preview. His best bets, Dave Esler, winner in all sports. Another guy that wins, and NFL specific for this guy, Tommy the Hitman. He's got a player prop, or no, a, a prop here considering players as far as passing attempts. Tommy the Hitman, take it away. Dream preview, best bet. We're going to go with under two and a half players to attempt the pass. Now, you could find this at the majority of shops, right around the price of uh, minus 140. I like it all the way down to minus 200. So the common perception is that a team is more likely to run a trick play in the Super Bowl. But in the last 10 Super Bowls, only three times has this prop not cashed. The Chiefs this season had one non-quarterback attempt the pass in 18 games. And the Niners have only done it twice in 18 games. Both offenses are entering the game on fire. So neither offense is really going to feel like they need to do anything different than they've done all season. Best bet, under two and a half players to attempt to pass, minus 140. All right, Fez. Do you agree with this one? And Hitman went with under total players with a pass attempt, under two and a half. We, you and I talked about this yesterday. Well, I better agree with it because I gave that out and straight out of Vegas um, you last did. week. What the so hell of course, am I doing? Of course, All right. I agree with it. What it's, were we disagreeing on? Oh, Kansas City total number of players with a rush attempt. Yes. That's what we disagreed on. I'm Brad Powers with a little bit of a brain fart there. Anything else you want to talk about? Well, just the, the fact that Colquitt, the Kansas City punter, has had some um, mess-ups here in the playoffs and during the regular season, all the more reason I could certainly see Andy Reid thinking, hey, Coquit's got enough to, to deal with just punting the ball. The last thing we're going to do is have him throw a pass in this game. And, he's, right, the, but, and he's the only non-quarterback for Kansas City to throw a pass all year long. Yeah, I, that seems like I thought it was a decent bet when, when New England had, the, when you got Edelman and stuff like that. And I think people are accustomed to making that bet now. New England's not in a Super Bowl. That, that's, not, that's not a great necessarily a great bet. All right, Fess, you're the star of this. We're going to get to your best bet, and you're the only one that gets this for, as far as this pod goes. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. Go, fast, go. Let's go to Jimmy G. Is he going to have more pass yards in the first half or the second half? I'm betting the second half, minus 135. And frankly, this is a handicap of how I expect this game to transpire. 
I expect San Francisco has had so much success running the ball. And remember, when they played Green Bay, what they say? We're going to keep running the ball until Green Bay stops us. And Green Bay was never able to stop yep. them. And I guess what they should say, we're going to keep running the ball until we're stopped or until we get behind. And they certainly could run the ball well and still get behind in this game. So bottom line is I would love to play Jimmy G. His number for the game past yards is 240. I would love to play first half under 120. If yep. you could find that, that's a great bet. That number is really, really difficult to find. A little more common is he's going to throw for more yards first half versus second half. And with me expecting him to throw for much less than 120 in the first half, it lands me on Jimmy G throw more yardage in the second half, where certainly if San Francisco gets behind, his pass utilization has to go up, up, up. Jimmy G, more pass yards in the second half, minus 135. Minus 135, widely available. That is a interesting question because well, yeah, I've seen it. I've one, seen it. You got twenty nine outs. I I've don't seen even have it, that. I've seen it at several books, including at the Westgate. Okay, yes. fair enough. If it's at the Westgate, I think you're at least good. And we're not shilling for for that book by no means. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Just put that uh, out there. But they are the one that has the most props and usually has the, the biggest handle when it comes to the props. All right, one more of these. I love Jimmy G, but not in the first half. More in the. I love Jimmy G. He loves him in the second half. Wait, but wait a second. If you're saying San Francisco is going to fall behind, that's not good for me and Dave Esler because we're saying San Francisco's the play in the first quarter, first half. You got a bet here against me? No. Esler? No. But that doesn't make sense. McKenzie, does that make sense? He's talking about, oh, they're going to fall behind. He's going to throw more in the, in the second it half. It seems like the game script you're describing, Fez, is, uh, is green button worthy as far as the first half and first quarter. No, I'm not going to get pressured into these bets. All it's right. all a spectrum if in terms RJ of what happens. Here, you would. The bottom line is. is you that, have a better ROI against me than RJ. You can make the case that. Kansas City is more likely to extend the lead in the second half, certainly, than in the first half. So I don't disagree at all with your San Francisco first half and first quarter bets. And I don't want to jinx Dave Asler, but it does concern me, Chiefs second quarter. And that's why I went more 49ers first quarter, the Chiefs being number one in the NFL as far as second quarter margin. I would be remiss not to mention this is the Super Bowl. They're going to have the coin toss. They're going to have these lines up a good Oh, six minutes between the coin toss and the actual kickoff. So if you want to bet your first quarter prop, I'd recommend you bet Brad Powers, the San Francisco prop, but not your whole way. And you have all of your first quarter lines up at all of your books. Now, the sharp books will take it off the board right at the coin toss. But inevitably, there's going to be some sports books that are going to say, leave everything up until the game's actually kicked off. Because remember, all they're doing is earning, earning, yeah. earning. They don't want to th- kill, hit the kill switch, yeah. upset their customers, and not take bets on any of the props. And this quarter bet is going to be considered one of the prop bets. So because of that, you may well be able to bet San Francisco to cover the first quarter. San Francisco to score first after the information on who gets the ball. If Kansas City gets the ball first, you don't want any part of San Francisco in the first quarter because that obviously skews the yeah. odds significantly. Yeah, and you're talking about a team possibly with two drives versus one drive in the first quarter. That's Steve Fezzik, the star of this NFL Dream Preview. If you need more Super Bowl action, make sure you're listening to R.J. Bell, Steve Fezzik, Brad Powers. I'll even throw Jonas Knox in there. Straight out of Vegas, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, 3 to 4 Pacific. We'll be on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, breaking down 
the Super Bowl. That'll do it here for the NFL Dream Preview Edition. We'll be back next week. RJ will be back in the host chair. Talk to you guys then. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.